everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm here with return guest Andy Kindler. Welcome back. Thank you. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm on an audition for the next uh, Harmony. Allison Rosen, she knows the fun will never end. Allison Rosen. I, I, ooh, ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very sorry about that. You know, I I, I don't know. You could definitely take that out or you could enhance it. Take Uh, it out? Yeah. We're going to listen to it on... Alison Rosen. Do you like that kind of singing? Alison Rosen. Oh, how about this? Alison Rosen. Homa, 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 home. That sounded bad. I'm I, sorry. I know that I'm you... I'm on something. What are you on? I don't know. <laughs> it feels good, though. It's starting to kick in. <laughs> I haven't taken anything. But maybe the acid I took in college is kicking in. Finally. Mm-hmm. Finally. Are you seeing anything weird? Or just thinking weird Once things? in college, you talk about your magical moments. You know, you always hear about magical moments sure. on LSD. One time I took LSD in college... I dropped the blotter. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Blotter acid. You wouldn't yeah. even know. No, no, you don't. I'm a you thousand saw, years old. You watch Dragnet or something, and you think you uh, know all the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I did blotter acid. So it was like a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. I dropped it. And that's a tragedy. All I, I, was, I was at college. That's all I wanted to, wanted to do at college. And if it didn't happen, it, what was the point of living? And so it fell out of my hands and it was raining. Oh, you literally dropped it. I literally, you dropped, literally it. dropped acid. Yeah, I literally dropped the acid I was just about to drop. Right. It, oh, it was raining. It's raining. Acid rain. Sorry, were you going I, there? No, because I never go where the uh, the actual joke is. I'd rather... <laughs> Uh, that was very nice. That was. I feel like you stepped aside. You could have so easily criticized my obvious hacky joke. No, no. Instead, you celebrated it. No, I actually I started thinking about Purple Rain because of how much I love Prince. I actually thought his song was Acid Rain, <laughs> Acid Rain. <laughs> Something seems sincere about that kind of thing. Acid Rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's the deal. <laughs> I don't like when people uh, overemphasize the... Uh, Vibrato. Right. <laughs> I started a joke. See, they could do it. The Bee Gees could do it, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I dropped the blotter acid, and it was raining, and it lands on a blade of grass. Ooh. I looked down. I'm at a con. I'm, I was a rock and roller. I don't. You know, we don't have to get into it. But a uh, <laughs> well, very popular band. From the- very popular band in the seventy eight, mm-hmm. seventy seven, upstate New York. I'm sure you. What were you guys it. called? Unfortunately. Silver Dagger is what we were called. I like it's so earnest. It's it was from a Joan Baez song. That's what I'm saying. But it, may, it sounds like a heavy metal band. Mm-hmm. Silver Dagger, <laughs> Silver, da- we'll kill you. We'll cut you with our music. <laughs> so that was amazing. So I looked down and I rescued the uh, acid, and therefore had a good day. And that's my message to the kids: you must find the drugs, even if you lose them, or you won't have a good day. That's what I tell the kids. It's it's uplifting. It's wrong. It's helpful. It's uh, facetious. I love saying online when people don't get me. And you know, Allison, some I people, do. they don't get me. And what I was saying before we started rolling was, I'm not a person, as you know, looking for confrontation. 
Well, I don't like to say things about people. If I have nothing good to say, it means that I'm uh, things are going well. <laughs> <laughs> Stop laughing at your own material, Andy Marr. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just jump right into this yeah. then. I love that you asked for questions today, and you got great questions. I got some good ones. Yes, and I was around. Usually I'm not around. I'm either, uh, uh, I mean, I'm on Twitter 24 hours a day, but I'm usually on my own uh, shtick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just realized there's a thing, a, a timeline. Did you know that? On Twitter? Yeah, you can see everybody else's tweets. Oh, you just, you just, welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like Trump. It's all narcissism. Right. Um. It's. I realize you're joking. However, I actually so rarely really comb the timeline. Usually, I just am on my own little section of Twitter. Yeah, I feel like I'm a. I feel like the difference between me and a narcissist like Trump and Ricky Gervais, and I'm not comparing Trump to Ricky Gervais. I just made sure to put them in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that I'm aware of my narcissistic tendencies. What's frightening is when you're not aware of it. It's like people. Like, you know, my, uh, I mean, I loved the original office more than I loved my office jobs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love the original office, my favorite show. He was my hero. This is, this is invariably happens. Mm-hmm. This is the funniest guy I've ever seen in my life. I loved it so much. I watched the original office a million times. And then I watched extras and, uh, I loved a lot of that too. I didn't love it as much, but, and then he, uh, it just is amazing to me. That you can be a comedian being completely not self-aware of how you're coming across. So, for example, he should be thanking me right now. Okay. That I'm telling him that you can't put out every picture of yourself as if everything in life strikes you hilariously. And he hasn't thanked you? He hates me. He hates me. See, here's Ricky Gervais' thing. And I think this part is hilarious. He claims that things don't bother him. Mm-hmm. And he said he, every other tweet is about how he doesn't care what other people think. So obviously he cares what everybody thinks. Right. And then he tells his, fan, his fans that uh, he's ignoring me. But he's not ignoring me. He's he never, told, wait, he, he told his fans that he was ignoring yeah, him? Yeah, he said I ignored him for three years. And he, here's the thing that made me think that maybe if I ever was alone with him in a room, I should actually be scared like he's an actual villain. Mm-hmm. He goes, I had pity for Andy. Have you ever used the word pity? In your life, in the in relation to like as to a myself, to no. self or a friend, no. I have pity for you, Allison. No, I think the only <laughs> time I've ever used it is like, don't pity me. Right, like someone else is doing the pitying. Right, I wouldn't. And, I'm not capable of. Pity. Maybe it's maybe it's British. Maybe everybody in. in, in uh, oh. uh, but I don't think so. It's him. So it's, it's like a, he's like an evil vil- a villain. Yeah, I will destroy. So then this other guy wrote an article about me in this. I won't even give him uh, 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 street cred. Wrote this like crazy. Uh, what I would say is like a crazy article about me. And then all of Ricky Gervais's people read the article like it's uh, just a fa- facts. It's facts. Facts daily. <laughs> Andy Kindler is a terrible person. He did this, that, and the other thing. He doesn't like new atheists. What's the matter with him? He gets upset when people hate Muslims. There's something wrong with Andy Kelly. What is it? I never thought I would be uh, criticized for not judging people. Mike, I don't care if you're a Muslim. I don't judge you by your religious affiliation. Was I, was I onto this nonsense last time? Not exactly. But it's interesting. Do you think of yourself as not judgmental or just in these particular areas you are 
preaching a non-judgmental viewpoint and you're being judged for I it. I don't think there's anybody more judgmental than me. It's what my family, my family invented being judgmental. My <laughs> family holds the patent on it. Okay. They get a royalty. Now, how am I going to remember? Do I have to listen back to myself to remember to do that joke? <laughs> what did I even say? I don't remember what I said, said. Last time? Right now. Oh. A second ago. Judgmental. Judgmental. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So my uh, my whole problem is is that I'm too judgmental, but uh, I'm not too judgmental. I'm judgmental of everything too much, including being judgmental. Mm. So It's I'm, like the opposite of all things in moderation. Right. I'm trying to get rid of the uh, evil voice in my head that says I'm no good. So I already am struggling with that. People have that from uh uh you know how they were raised or whatever so um uh yeah where do you think yours comes from because i know that you had a pretty like you got this is what i remember from the last time you were on i was please i hope this doesn't sound offensive but maybe it'll be fun if it does i I was i would like i would like to know the truth i went off mic there for a second you're still off mic yeah because i because here's the thing allison i don't trust that I am going to remember that. Okay, you need to write something down then. Right, and so I feel like I'm taking notes. Do you want me to email w- them to you? Yeah, that would be great if you emailed them to me. Uh, that would be fantastic. Um, I didn't know you were taking notes, and still I don't trust you because I think <laughs> I'm going to be abandoned. <laughs> so I just made a decision there. Should I continue thinking about writing down judgmental because it's rude to? Write down those metal, or should I bring people into the process? Bring them in. I brought them into the process. Yeah. What does your little comedy notebook say on the this front? This is a new company. Now, you see, just because you're saying that, I'm not promoting them, but uh, unless they make a deal with me or something. Okay. You know, I could say, you know, like, you, you want me to uh, say good things about your podcast? 100 bucks a tweet. That <laughs> value yourself more. But 250 really- <laughs> Uh It's called Laughly. Laughly. Comedy, Comedy your, your way. way. And they gave me a nice... And you know what I say about these Laughly people? What do you say about them? They have not, nice, nice, nice notebooks? Nice notebooks. It's not that they're the, not the first person to change comedy words right. into words that don't exist. Mm, sure. I came up... I think I came up with comedy. <laughs> Is that Calm. comedy that calms you down? No, I... Yeah, Relaxing I, comedy? I, and, you know, and you know how I like to spell it with a K? Oh my God, I did not see that coming. All right, now I want you, I'm going to be the host now for a second and get you back to that moment when I was here last time and oh, okay. what you noticed. Right. Oh, yes. Thank you. See? Uh, and people say I can't, uh, I, don't have, I don't focus. What did I say they said they, I don't do? Focus. focus. <laughs> I was surprised that you consider yourself a pretty happy guy. Oh, yeah. And I, and then I thought, but why is that a surprise, though? I think, that, like, am I um, projecting something onto you that doesn't exist? Because I think you you seem sort of like like a lovable, cranky curmudgeon. Like, that's that's Andy Kindler, the character. Would you agree? I would agree, but I think that your instincts are correct. How long ago was that? I, uh, I want to say, like, two years ago. Okay. I've never been a depressed person, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that I was... Uh, overrun with anxiety from OCD behavior. So I actually had to go into therapy and I'm on antidepressants and I'm way less angry than I was then. Oh. So so, so when you, you were s- sensing is like an, a me telling, I've been I trying to tough. Truly amazing. Yeah. I've been trying to tough it out my whole life. Mm-hmm. 
you know, first I got medicated for ADD and it was a miracle. And now I got medicated for OCD. OCD is something you can be medicated for. That's the thing. How and, was it manifesting? And by the way, I must make it clear. When I just said I was amazing, I hope uh, no, no, I was no. joking. No, that being amazing, you should take credit for. Not like in a Tony Robbins way. <laughs> not like in a Trumpian fashion, or as I call him today, Trumpolini. That's my new word for him. Why did I roll that out with such gusto? Wait, no, is that you, a noun, Trumpolini? But Mus- oh. Mussolini. Oh. Trumpolini. I call him Adolf Trump and Trumpolini. Okay, I like I, it. I, I try like to get them. a Nazi or a fascist reference in. Uh, no, but you should be... I think that sometimes my instincts aren't good, but like, and I don't want to make it like women do have better instincts, but I think that they can have better... I think mm. they can be more in touch sure. with their instincts, uh, and men can tend to be in their heads more. I don't want the new, the, the new atheist coming at me. So, uh, yes. So I was did not realize that I had uh, OCD, which I've had my whole life. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had a uh, I, it was it started to go away in my late twenties, but then it came back with a vengeance. And so um, I didn't realize how angry I was, or put it this way, I was defensive about my anger. So that's my been my whole thing is like trying to judge myself less harshly. Mm-hmm. And to be able, because I don't want to not be able to make fun of uh, Louis C.K. and uh, Ricky Gervais, but I used to go through like this torturous, am I right? Am I wrong? You know, that says from my family, I have to be right or else it's not not acceptable for me to have this, uh, to say this. So I have to be justified. Like mm -hmm. there's no gray areas in, in the way I was raised. I'm not blaming my parents, even though it was their fault. Doesn't and like only their them. fault. <laughs> there were offers 100% to hundred percent their fault. There were offers to bring in better parents. They turned it down. <laughs> really? Better parents could have taken over at any time. <laughs> they wouldn't take the lump sum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how? Do so you were right. Is what That's yeah. yeah, and that means you should become the next Doctor Laura. Is there an opening? <laughs> what happened to the old? Oh, Doctor Laura's gone, isn't she? You don't. I don't hear anything about her anymore. Yeah, I'm sure she's still around. Even but. though she's talking, she's done. She must be because I really haven't heard anything from her lately. I would hope that in our lifetime, and this is hard to say as a curmudgeon, but I would hope in our lifetime we see the end of the Judge Judy, Doctor Phil, uh, Simon Cowell types. Because I think what they're doing... See, now that I'm in therapy... And by the way, I, I uh, certify with Guinness that I am the oldest Jew to have entered therapy. <laughs> yeah, this is news to me that you had never been in therapy. A- at age 60. Now, I know I'm not supposed to say my age, Allison. And I told you specifically to not bring up my AARP card. Mm-hmm. Uh, not talk about the great deal I had off of sent the senior Denny's menu last night. But you, but, but I, I had. I'm to, sorry. I, it just, I, it's journalistic instincts. Yes. I had to go there. Yeah, someone's gonna go there, and so, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. But that's very old because um, I, you know, I, I, it doesn't fit the stereotype of a Jew. No, you should have been in therapy a long time ago, like and, me. R- oh, you're in therapy too. Well, I, I have. I'm actually currently not in therapy, but I started going when I was in college. Oh, see, that's good. You worked on yourself. I wasn't like, oh, you want to work on myself. I also didn't trust a lot of the therapy. Therapy's going through weird things. Mm -hmm. And I found a good therapist, and that's it. Nobody, I'm not telling anybody about it because I don't want anybody horning in 
on my th- I, I just want on your my- sessions. Yeah, well, <laughs> on I his just availability. <laughs> one of those obsessed client things. But uh, the thing about I was going to say was just uh, about people who have OCD. Uh, it's one of the things that's easy, kind of easily treatable. I still have it, but and but the therapy has been great, and the antidepressant is an SSRI, which is triggered for meant for which one is it uh I, well i'm on uh uh fuexetine <laughs> it's prozac oh, okay <laughs> uh but i'm not i'm not endorsing prozac however if that's in the cards i'm totally willing to go full bore on an embril <laughs> i don't have arthritis i'll say i do hi i'm andy kindler i'm not a world famous golfer i'm barely athletic but did you know that I suffer from uh, – uh, you notice on those commercials, they always go, if you have a thing not based on another word you've never heard, mm-hmm. not kesoacidosis. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a hard situation, but it's not kesoacidosis, <laughs> it sounds like it's like a Mary, it's like a Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. We dropped a pen here. I dropped a pen. I didn't even go for – I didn't – my producer dove on it. I thought you were going to – you're not chiming in. Well, <laughs> I thought you felt last time that you felt that, uh, that it was prohibitive. I don't know what I'm saying. Really. That, that did come up last time. Yeah. And I thought you were going to. Uh, he yeah. didn't have a mic, but you were asking him questions and he didn't have a mic. And then, oh, but look, okay. now he has a mic. Yeah. A lot. Oh. We've come. We've Look, so much has changed since then. Jeff has a mic. You're medicated. Yeah. I had Je- a baby. We're both happier. It's so great. Let's just talk about what's really going on. There's a silverfish up in the corner up there on the ceiling. I don't know whether to Where is it? end the podcast or move or both. It's like it's directly north of you. Well, how f- oh, do you see it? Don't worry about that. That's yeah. not a roach, right? No, I think it's a silver fish that's brown. Let me tell you something. When that when I have an extermination company, <laughs> oh, you, you do. As you know, I'm in with Daryl Issa. Daryl Issa and I are in business together, mm-hmm. and we have a thing where we yell at the, we yell at the bugs. <laughs> Step away. From the ceiling, <laughs> you're in trouble. Don't I? I never worry about. It. I don't like silverfish because, first of all, if they wanted to be like, why would they name themselves silverfish? Right. Uh, but I don't think there is. A, I don't think you get infested with silverfish. You find one every four years. You kill it and hurt plaster, but it's not something that you need to worry about. I I killed one earlier today in another room. That's two. That's an infestation. Aren't they a book? Uh, aren't they paper oriented? I think they oriented? enjoy glue. They paper read, book glue. Do you know that silverfish read more than Trump? Put that in the notes that you sent me. <laughs> silverfish. That's not a bad joke. Silverfish. <laughs> I like that. That is actually the most smatteringly That's like, sound. We recognize your attempt. That's what that crap says. It's not that silverfish read more than mm-hmm. Trump, okay. but they comprehend more. <laughs> Right. Silverfish. Are they you going to put those in the, notes, in the notes to me? All right. So how did the OCD manifest? Well, uh, and I don't want to be the guy who comes on a show and talks about my OCD unless I can get a solid one-man show. Mm. You know, I was going to write a one-man show about my ADD, but I couldn't focus <laughs> enough. You know, I have ADD. <laughs> I don't know what the initials stand for because I don't have to fo- focus. <laughs> Uh, I uh, this is I would say almost a uh, apocryphal story. No, it's not. Uh, when I was in my twenties, I thought that when I was driving, that there was a possibility that I may have hit something, mm. even though I didn't see anything. 
Okay. So I would go around the block and see if I hit something. Well, then I realized that's not going to work because Andy, let's he probably hit someone who's crawled off into the bushes oh. as they go down to the police station to report you. Mm-hmm. So this was the late 70s, and I went to the free clinic out here, and I asked the lady there, and she goes, that's woo. She was like, whoa. She said, you know, she was supposed to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. Not, you're not, not supposed, so judgmental. You're not supposed to go, yeah, judgmental. I'm supposed to go, Ooh. What, is she your parents? Oh, that sounds bad, <laughs> she said. Oh, oh. She was like Ed McMahon for some reason. So, But you knew that this might be something worth talking to someone about which is why you went to a because it was a, to it was in it. it was affecting my life there was a time period like you were having obsessive thoughts hence the ocd but it was in that in those days i was only aware of it in relation to that like i had no germ things i don't have any germ things now okay there's certain things like you would I right no none of those things i will eat off of the floor mm-hmm. i will eat the floor you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah I'm I'm saying that I'm mentally disturbed. All right, no, I shouldn't do that. Those jokes aren't funny anymore. So you're having invasive thoughts, uh, right? But only about specific things. Like, did I leave the pilot light on? Mm-hmm. Once I thought I started a fire in Yosemite, couldn't get it out of my mind. Just kept reading the paper every day. Back in those <laughs> days, you had to read the paper or something. Yeah, it would take so long to find out. Well, you couldn't find anything like out instantly, right? If you did, it was like from Tom Snyder or somebody <laughs> like that, and he was like, "Oh, very good. Oh, someone's just handed me a telegram." <laughs> uh, Herbert Hoover has died. That's not even a good Tom Snyder. And Herbert Hoover died a long time ago. But if Herbert Hoover had been alive and he was able to go in a time machine, there would be no civil war. That's what Trump's saying today. Mm. Trump is saying today. Trump says, civil war. Why? <laughs> so, so anyway, I went to get help and this lady couldn't help me. I don't want to say lady um, because I'm a misogynist. I'm a misogynist for other reasons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so she said she'd have to ask her supervisor about it. So then I just got kind of like, I don't think I'm going to get a lot of help here. And I think back then, it wasn't as known. You know, there are people mm. who think they've mailed someone in an envelope. You know, it's Wait, like uh, uh, OCD type they've thing. They've mailed, like put yes. someone into an envelope yeah, look, you know and how sent I, it? Someone like me, I'll check the envelope five, seven, 25 times to make sure to check. So this has gone so out of control for them. Mm-hmm. Because look, it's not much less rational than me thinking I hit something that went off into the bushes. So but what happened was it started to fade. And I, it used to be like for hours, I'd think about each incident. And then it would start to fade. And it wouldn't bother me. But I didn't realize it didn't go away. It just took up habitation and so many other activities like on twitter people will observe that there's something wrong with me and uh i'm trying to deal with it but it's like uh uh when you have ocd it's like i say something now i have to wonder what how people reacted to it Mm. uh and now i have to defend myself online and it's all this uh and then i have to check there's nothing better if you have what they call checking Mm -hmm. uh than twitter because there's always Oh, oh, checking is an actual checking. OCD term. Yeah. So, like, okay. Yeah, it means like, uh, um, it's like compu- the compulsion right. is that you can check. Right. So you do check. So, you know, I don't think Twitter was meant to be like 23 hours a day or. So, uh, I, I, I'm trying to get a more productive life without hating myself. And how's it going? Good. See, now I could say I'm happy. And I wouldn't be lying like I did to you two years ago. <laughs> but but you thought you were happy. I thought that I I thought I was. Well, I wasn't aware 
of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Was your wife? Yes, because you because I could because I would be like distant and things like that because you can't you're never in the moment kind of a thing. You're it's like my brother's like that too. I mean he's a uh, he's a uh, a business uh, he's an investment banker, mm-hmm. so he can actually justify why he's on the phone every second. But it's the same ailment, right? But he, he he's probably OCD, but. Like for him, because he loves business, he probably doesn't want to change it. But for me, I need to have a life. I, I mean, I know that the interaction area of Twitter <laughs> is exciting and fulfilling, uh, fulfilling on, yeah. on all levels. <laughs> but I have to maybe once a week do something else. A little, a little sudo- Sudoku on the weekends. <laughs> something else on your phone for right, sure would yeah. be good. Yeah, I often think... What if I just didn't check Twitter for a really long time? I can't do it, but I think about the freedom that would be involved. Well, I thought initially as one of my things was I would take myself off of on the line. But I can't. You see, I need to learn how to. It's like, you know, if you have a problem with, uh, you know, it's like people talk about food. It's like, well, you have to eat food. And we know so little. Oh, that's a whole other topic. We know so little about food. And uh, we have so many assumptions about food. But it's like... Uh, I uh, I have to find a way to, to navigate the world with my problems because it's if it's not Twitter, it'll be something else. You know what but I mean? And I have to promote, and I do have to, I like right. it. I like promoting myself and I like jokes and mm-hmm. I like having fun. And I like being honest and I like finding out. Sometimes Twitter is the only time I know what's going on. Right. Is by Twitter. But it's it, I, I have to figure it out and that's it just takes some time. When you get embroiled in an interaction, is it like they've besmirched the good name of Andy Kindler or is it is it the fun of putting someone in their place or do you get um, like do you get upset by what someone said any of the things i'm saying I think it's a of combination okay. of all of that and sometimes i get like i get i like when i come up with a good slam mm-hmm. it makes me happy but i don't like to be in the mode of confrontation war trolling i don't like to be in a trolling you know let me uh, let me uh you know because you know everybody has a, a little bit of a, tr- a trollish i mean you can even use the word troll as as a positive thing in a way like like sometimes i heckle these i heckle people on tv like news people because mm-hmm. i just i feel like you know they're smeared hillary and i just want to be able to say to them how i feel they have a bigger megaphone but um i don't know what was i saying what was i that? was asking what it is that hooks you into an exchange like oh right a, right so fractious. so um okay so for example like i looked at one thing I, uh uh interaction i had last night what ha- tends to happen is like i think i know the person or they're or they're in comedy or something about that makes me think like it's not a robot you know mm-hmm. and that i can actually talk to them which is fine i don't want to ever lose that but it just became about the Stephen Colbert thing. And my whole thing was like, you know, I mean, I'm willing to hear anybody's point of view on it. But that joke is uh, the Stephen Colbert joke is not homophobic. I don't even know. what I think I saw something of this in your Twitter timeline, but yeah. I don't know what, what the Stephen well, Colbert thing is. Well, if you watch the Colbert thing, I have to say you have to watch it to see how he terms the relationship between Putin and uh, Trump. Trump. And he does it in a sexual way, but what it, he but what he's really uh, what he's really portraying is uh, uh, the domination mm. of Trump by Putin. There's no sexual preference involved in it. Right. In other words, like that act exists between men and women, two men, two women. Uh, so people, and the, the point he's making 
is uh, a point has nothing to do with someone going. You cannot look at that joke and go, uh, "You're portraying men this way." No, he's making a, a statement mm-hmm. about what that relationship is. Now, may, I, I think it's like anything else. It's like I'm hesitant to use the word. Uh, I don't I'll probably never use the word whore, mm-hmm. or uh, I never use the word bitch, or you know, there's this words I don't it use. Sounds so natural coming out. Hey, bitches. Hey, hey, bitches, are you up in my uh, grill? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't, but but the point was like, uh, so th- th- that this person, when people are found out that they're wrong, on uh, they're wrong, like they accuse you of something that's wrong, I just get enraged that they won't admit it. Because yeah. I admit that I'm wrong all the time. I don't understand this Refusal mode where you go, ever, yeah. you know, the guy's like saying, oh, you don't, you, you just, you're just backing up comics. Because they're attacked, he doesn't know me. Obviously, that's not true. I've criticized so many many jokes before that I thought I didn't like the joke. You know, I'll say if I don't like the joke, you're allowed to do the joke. I'm allowed to not like it. So, are just so I understand the background? Are the pro-Trump people saying that Colbert used a slur or was politically well, incorrect or something? There's different levels of it, and this is absolutely part of what's been happening for the last few years. Just like Russia has hired these people. Like, I was uh, blocked by WikiLeaks runs, which I thought was funny. (laughs) So then I started to get heckled by this other account that had a lot of followers, very few following, but it was like, this is an account that people listen Mm -hmm. to or something. And after about 12 or 13 or 14 interactions, their, the English, their English slept a couple of times. Oh, I, And then I, yeah. but I didn't, wasn't thinking back then about all what they do when they hire these people. These people could have been Russian people or mm-hmm. whoever. And they, you know, they used language very well. But if it's not your first language, right, eventually you will you, slip up at, yeah. at one point. So um, there are people who uh, are Trump supporters. So... They want to say that the liberals who are always complaining that Trump is vulgar, look at your guy. You don't care when this guy is vulgar, you know? So what that's about so that, Clinton. Yeah, yeah. So they are starting in with this thing of like, uh, they all use homophobic just mm. because they're trying to find a way in to get him off the air or fire him or whatever the thing is. Right. So you have a, a percentage of people like that. Then there's a percentage of people who don't get Colbert. They didn't get him when he, the thing with the Chinese thing happened. You don't get him. But uh, uh, comedy, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to lecture even though I sound like an idiot, uh, <laughs> comedy is not, it, it is, you don't take the words and make a judgment. You have to consider the source. And so- And context. Uh, Right. And so, like, that, what Colbert could have said could have sounded homophobic if a homophobic, homophobic person was saying it to describe a, a sex act between two men almost, in a negative way. It almost sounded like you were going to say homophone book. Well, and I'm that's, wondering, uh, is that a book of homophones? You know, I, I didn't want to talk about it because it's uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm close to getting homophone. Is it homophone? Homophone. Homophone. Oh, because homo homophone is for the homophobic person who has a bad back. <laughs> right. It's and if better you, than memory foam. Right. If you have homophone, <laughs> it, it 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 what it does is it, it it contracts and wraps around your your prejudice. Sometimes, if a homophobic person is checking into a hotel, they might say no homophone. Right. Like I just need the regular pillow. Sometimes if a if a gay person calls me up, I go let home the phone, 
for a second. <laughs> Home with the phone for a second, please. <laughs> Home with the phone. And then I'm the bad guy because <laughs> I call my friend a homo. Oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> see, see, people think there's like no gray areas. Like people think you either have to accept that someone's going to use the word homo mm. or it's good. It was like, we have to agree that homo is cool to use. It's just like when people don't understand about re- retarded. It always make, drives me crazy because, you know, why don't you call people retarded? Because that was a word that became a negative. It's like saying, Einstein, you spilled the milk, Einstein. You know, my friend Joel Madison would always go, when did Einstein become a negative? <laughs> right. It's going, Einstein. <laughs> you can't even do long division. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, uh, like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling. Well, you were saying something about the word retarded. Oh, because the word retarded started to be used to call someone stupid, mm-hmm. which is also a word that is uh, I try not to use, but it's hard not to. But so what th- d- those words came from like a doctor, stupid, idiot, moron. All right. Those so because it starts to get used negatively, only negatively, mm-hmm. the people who are labeled that because they're mentally challenged or whatever the current word is that's acceptable. Right. And it's not acceptable because we're, oh, man, we're a bunch of pussies. With the, <laughs> I can't believe I said pussies. When I first came out from L.A. in 78, I said that word conversationally, and I, I didn't realize it was, like, not cool. Like, when my girlfriend at the time, other people, and I, was, I felt like, like such a, like a guy from the island. Hey, don't be a pussy, yeah. We used the word pussy to describe women? No. It was, to it was a uh, It was uh, to describe somebody. I didn't see it as gender specific. Oh, I see, I see. But it is. I just wasn't aware of it. Well, okay, so if stupid, if stupid and moron, idiot, are, idiot too, idiot, pinhead, those are all based on actual right either un- misunderstandings. Uh, it's like someone calling someone a mongo mongoloid mm. or something. Well, so what is an acceptable way? What's an acceptable word for what all those words are trying to get at? Um, uh, I I think it's something like. Uh, mentally challenged or something like that. Or, oh I no! I, sorry, I don't. I don't mean people. I don't mean people who are actually mentally challenged. I mean like some asshole on Twitter. I guess asshole. Oh well, see, I've struggled with it because I have to sometimes use f- different adjectives. So, like my friend, who's like a genius guy, he's a comic. I always forget his name, and I've met him so many times, and he's just like a genius. He explained this whole thing to me. So. Um, but I think like stupid in those mm-hmm. words, uh, moron, they're so far now connected from the original. Right. Thing. I don't think you'd ever find on like a bill that goes to insurance, the diagnosis of idiot or something. Right. So I, I, I feel like, uh, but I, it's also generational. I never would have used the word retarded. Mm-hmm. So it does, it always strikes my ear weird. Right. I'm just, I, I'm going to have trouble giving up idiot. I don't think you should. Because I feel like I try to use the ones that are like uh, thick, mm-hmm. you know, uh, ones that oh, don't, okay. are, are not from that. But this is sometimes you just want to go, it's like, shut your stupid mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and also, if some if you're using it to call someone, see, I think of those type of words as almost never, like when I insult, like when I get very mad online and I insult people's intelligence, you know, they think I'm insulting their intelligence. I'm insulting their lack of using their brain. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you see these guys online, they don't even know what a hijab is. 
I saw five women at a table in uh, a burger place of various ages wearing a, 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 a not being forced to wear a, a hijab. Hijab is that? Am I saying it right? Hijab is it? I thought it's hajib. No, I don't think it's hajib. I know it's h i j j a b. Then, then what am I thinking of? Habib. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I well, just had it reversed. Let's just call it. A, a, I think a, I know what you mean. Yeah. So. All these men online think they know why in every case a woman wears a head covering. Mm-hmm. But they don't They don't know. Because if you go online, you'll find a million different women saying a million different things about it. And if you look at it separate from your original xenophobic view, sometimes I see that as very cultural. You know, like I'm used to seeing women who wear various types of things like this. And, uh, but, but, but someone like Bill Maher, because he's such a – all he cares about is m- making controversy so he can get his name out there. You know, he, he just show, he'll show a picture of a woman uh, with like completely, you know, like looks like she's in a uh, knapsack or something. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, is this what we're doing? You know, like that, that's become the issue to him mm-hmm. to, so that he, he can justify all the xenophobia and stuff like that. So I am not judgmental on that level. I'm, and, and, and I'm trying to be less judgmental as a person, but I I've, uh, I was raised to not, uh, if you didn't understand someone's uh, religion and they're not bothering you, you, you know, this whole thing like calling people stupid because they believe in God, even though everybody has a different definition of God. I, I believe in God, but I don't believe in God. I have doubts. Right. I haven't been communicated with <laughs> by Jesus or Moses or what's another example? Buddha. But I I, I find it just uh, just the Almighty. You haven't heard from yeah. the Almighty. But don't you think we live in a generation now where it's like we have to be embarrassed to say we're spiritual? I think it's so odd. I grew up like influenced by the sixties and seventies, Eastern philosophies, and you know. But I think I think maybe it's just my limited uh, experience on Twitter with all well, these accounts like anti-theist. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Spirituality did become sort of the punchline at a certain point. At the same time, there are, especially in LA, there are so many people who are very earnestly into yoga and meditation and spirituality and all of that stuff. That's true. That's true. But like, but I uh, guess that's different than like, if you mean a traditional sort of religion. Well, the the, the way it's uh, happened for me over and over where I've been gotten to fights with people, but it's also an advantage for me is that my mother, I was raised Jewish. We were all kind of like culturally Jewish, mm-hmm. but not really. Uh, I could tell. I could tell. I will never be able to have kids. It's the most tired. You are exhausted. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was there's trying nothing, to hide it. There's nothing you you can't hide it. You'd have to <laughs> if you didn't look this way, you'd be a bad parent. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, so just a quick backstory on that. I'm I'm not a morning person. Right. Been so not a morning person for years. However, when you have a baby, you have no choice. Right. So I was trying to fight it for a while where I'd get up and then like, I'll try to, you know, I'd, I'd come out into the living room and then I'd try to sleep on the couch while he's in his swing for, and like, I was like, oh, if he'll just go to sleep for 10 more minutes, like basically trying to hit snooze (laughs) on my baby for two hours. And then I realized I have to just be the person who wakes up early and stays up. So I'm trying to do that and I'm trying to go to sleep early, but like, it's, it's hard a, but i feel so good for like one hour in the morning and then it's downhill after wait didn't that. you sometimes get up early in the morning to do radio and stuff or no yes but that was always i actually did 
I, I've done a lot of very early morning live television, but that's like you're almost in a in a Days. very active fugue state, and then you come <laughs> back home and you go to sleep. Yeah, you know, yeah. this is like you got. I got to be up and then and up. up. Yeah, it's the hardest job in the world, and thank God I didn't try it. Be a parent. <laughs> I'm trying to parent myself, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. So. It's beautiful. Oh, so I was just going to just a couple of that one thought. So these people, my mom converted and she became a Quaker, and it's a wonderful religion. Now there's some conservative Quakers, but but many Quakers are just it's it's just a beautiful religion. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't they're not dogmatic, they don't proselytize, they just kind of sit together, and they some of them talk, some of them don't talk. And these people online just like telling me my mom is stupid, and uh, when you, it's like you you it's you might be surprised, or I don't know if you're familiar with all these. Like a new atheist where they're so mean. Not really. Yes. Stay away from them. <laughs> so wait, they have negative. I think I told you, because this did come up last time. Um, I know. <laughs> I went to a lot of Quaker meetings when I was young. Oh, I don't remember talking about that. Yeah, because yeah. my dad uh, went to Quaker schools and was very into Quakerism. So I'm somewhat familiar so they, wait, these these people have a problem with your mom because of the Quaker stuff? Well, they're not like saying, hey, your mom sucks, Kinla. <laughs> <laughs> but if I bring up, you see, to me, like my actual personal experience with my mother is more, I know more about the religion than they do mm-hmm. knowing nothing about the religion. Right. So if, you're, if your core position is, if your set position is every, any example of religious or spiritual expression is bogus then to me that's like i don't know how you even get to that point well it's so uh, absolute it's so absolute so you you, then you're saying even things i don't know even what they are just because you're expressing it or using the word spirituality i reject hearing anything about it you Mm -hmm. know what are you gonna do you can't those people are never gonna i feel sorry for those people on some level, if I could uh, release their... Um... Do you pity them? <laughs> I pitied him. I try to read like Ricky Gervais and stuff like that. I ignored him for three years because I had... It's like when uh, you see Mark Hamill when he did uh. Trump's... <laughs> <laughs> so you were going to say if you could release them from uh, their... Uh, you really? feel sorry for these people. Oh, well, because I think... I feel sorry for these people in the sense that uh, because I grew up in influenced by like positive drug experiences and you know trying to alter my states and all that kind of thing, I'm open to these things that you don't arrive. It's like to me, if you appreciate art, you appreciate music, you're using a part of your mind that isn't so analytical. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it doesn't involve analysis. It's like the more you watch comedy, the more you're familiar with what would be hack and you get and you get to appreciate the more subtle parts of comedy. But the actual appreciation of comedy is not with just your brain. Right. It's like you open up and you it's kind of you open up and then you kind of agree mm-hmm. and it, be, it can be a transcendent experience. I feel bad for these people because I don't think they have they don't, they're not willing to accept that that's possible. So they would never see it in their lives. And some of the people who are actually talented people, you know, mm. uh, they're brilliant in their field, but they seem miserable. Right. <laughs> so I'm not, except for through you, familiar with the term new atheism. Is is that your, is that a real term? Yes, it's a real term. And my joke, uh, the joke I have about it is that when I was a kid, I thought that atheists were just... Really nice people who were depressed at picnics. 
because <laughs> um, that's uh, to me like atheists were just uh, you know they just don't believe in God. That's mm-hmm. what, that's how I grew up. I never had uh, a lot of my family is atheist. My dad was agnostic. You know, right? So many people are my friends and are like they don't believe in it. Or most of the people I I say are like I don't know if there is. Yeah, you know, like uh, sometimes I think there is. Sometimes I think there isn't. But what new atheists uh, are like the what they call the four apocalyptic horsemen are like Christopher Hitchens, uh-huh. who I couldn't, who I really despise, even though they say he was a great writer. I didn't read all of his stuff in the sixties and seventies, but he became a neocon mm-hmm. and he backed the war in Iraq, and he just became like. He said, "Women can't be funny." Women can't. Yeah, that was the worst article I've ever read. And people say he was funny. He's not funny. And I, I am just hoping to get people annoyed by saying that. Because <laughs> people are going to write in, Hey, Kinla, Kinla, you can't write. That's the way I think they're going to say it. <laughs> so, and then there's Sam Harris. And then there's um, Richard Dawkins. Oh, yeah. Who's uh, the most, like, you know, like, if you want your atheism with an unpleasant British colonial vibe, <laughs> then you go for Richard Dawkins. And then there's a couple other people. Uh, I can't remember right now. So it was, and it started about ten years ago. Sorry, well, no, longer than that. But the thing is that they say you have to be aggressive and tell people they're stupid. Like you have to. It's based on some kind of theory that they're being prosecuted, persecuted. Which I'm not saying that they're not some places, but you know how people like. A, People say they wouldn't vote for an atheist. They wouldn't vote for anybody. They wouldn't vote for a Catholic. They wouldn't vote for anything. Stop. It's like they, they, they base their opinion on uh, Islamic people because they uh, took a poll. Islamic people, they don't like uh, the pictures of Muhammad with, you know, that people with his, you know, they're upset. Some people are upset that they show Muhammad mm-hmm. naked with his balls. I mean, they're trying to provoke these people. So, and I, then they add, and they're in countries. A lot of this people from Islam are in countries where they're already oppressed. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to, and so it's like, and Americans who thought Saddam Hussein was behind nine eleven. So what? What do we conclude about that? But it's like we find out they don't like the things, and so they they new atheists use that they don't like, right. To say that there's something wrong with Islam, and then they pull. Fi- I'm sorry, I'm keep cutting off. No, that's okay. So, new atheists essentially make a religion out of atheism. Would you say that? Well, no, they As would a- hate. They would hate for you to say that. They would, no, uh, I'm saying, would you say that? I, that it is yeah. a religion. You know, it is a. If you use the word like religion, if you say a new atheist, a new atheist is sure there's nothing. Yeah. Okay. Even though it's because to me, I think there's I, nothing I scientific use, about it. Right. I use the old school definition of atheism, which is like, yeah, I don't really believe in anything. That's but I'm right. not sure. Yeah, like you don't believe in the. It's like you know, Ricky Gervais tries to do because like, oh, I don't believe in your sky god. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was seven years old when I realized the the Bible wasn't meant to be taken literally. I mean, you can't be fifty six years old and still think you're a genius because you're like, hey, people, <laughs> I don't know if you think there's a purple. Uh, maybe there isn't a purple god. There's no purple bird god, people. <laughs> so let's talk about. State of the Industry, mm-hmm. your most recent album that just came out. Oh, I like the way you say album. It's an album. Yeah. I was listening to it, and I was maybe eight tracks in, seven or eight, and my husband heard it, and he, I said, this is his album. It's the State of the Industry 
address. And I'm being very careful not to say State of the Union because my, my mouth wants to say that. But I it's know. Not. Everybody State does. State of the Industry. I want to say Your it. annual address that you give at Montreal every year. Very, very famous. Very well known. Who will he put the bite into this year? That's what they say, <laughs> right? <laughs> Nobody is safe from Who my self, <laughs> self-destructive, bitter-based envy. Right. But he's a happy person, he thought. Two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway... So he said, is that the most recent one? And I said, yeah, I think so. Little did I know, it was the 1990... Well, I actually quickly realized when I heard some of the references. It was the 1996... That's the greatest compliment I could have. It's timeless. It's timeless. I'm timeless. Yes, people say I'm old, out of touch. Hollywood has no interest in me. I... (laughs) <laughs> they, they don't like my idea for a show, middle-aged Jew. The guy just complains about the end of his life. Can't sell that anywhere. Disgusted but it sounds Jew. so feel good. Yeah. He's disgusted. Yeah, right. <laughs> and no kids. You know, the only time you have young people on the show is neg- for negative Right, reasons. right. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, so. Well, I was, just, I was just saying I was surprised at how much of... So this album was your... Was it the very first state of the oh, industry? Oh, yeah. So, so what happened was, this is the very first state of the industry. So what happened was, I've debated all these years. I, I would put them on like mini discs. You know, I tried to record them or, or my manager would record me on his video record. So all these years we talked about, should we release them? And then I was always of different minds about it. Like I was like, why do I want the grudges from 20 years ago? Available <laughs> and also I was wondering if you, you know, if you're not in the room... It sometimes I think loses. It was mm-hmm. meant to be seen in the room. So just just to make sure everyone understands what we're talking about, just for laughs is a big comedy festival in Montreal every year, and you give this now very famous slash infamous um, address where you address the state of the industry, and it's right. it's a lot and to a bunch of people in the industry exactly. And every year it's like, oh, who did he? make fun of or criticize in a good humored way this year etc right except sometimes not I've, always uh, good humor. sometimes it hasn't been good humor and sometimes it's like it's all the lessons of life it's like sometimes i was ang- angry mm-hmm. you know uh uh the opie and anthony the, the anthony year not opie anthony anthony year you know oh uh, right yeah so i was like and then sometimes it's uh, it's almost there is a sweet spot where it's like a roast and that really, maybe you could say, ultimately is the best or the most pleasant to listen to. But sometimes I really was addressing things I believed in. Well, it's know? just crazy to me that your gripes about the industry in '96, when I heard them, I it didn't, I didn't realize that it was about '96. I thought it was current. Well, for a, until you got to the Robin Williams stuff, and then I'm like, wait a minute, this is not current. And or then even I the Whoopi Goldberg stuff. Too. Weirdly, that went that went right by me. Burt Reynolds, like, yeah, so many, right, yeah. Warren, well, no, Lord Warren Littlefield was after I realized what year this was. But it's just it's the same industry still. Well, it's the, the same exact thing now as it was then. The thing I like about this one is like it, I was like, if I didn't like listening to it, I wouldn't have put it out. I sound like I'm selling it. But the thing is, I was very. It's also interesting to me because you can see my, you can see the negative sides of me or you could see what I was mad at. Uh, like I hadn't, I got bumped from Letterman once and this was before I'd done all those things for Letterman. So to me, it's like, <laughs> I, it's interesting to see how vulnerable or how I, like st- some of the stuff I said, I wouldn't even agree with today. You know what I mean? Like what? But, well, when I said, for example, like, you know, I think there was a, a, like Robert Morton and those guys, you know, wanted to have Letterman show be, 
different at eleven thirty. But I don't think that's what it, 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 he went through. All these different things. To me, he's the greatest talk show host of all time. And he went through all these different things. But when he after his heart stuff, I think he came out and had like it was like a, such a catharsis that I think he got the way he was like in the eighties. You know. More comfortable, and then the theater felt more intimate, and it was the great, you know, it was the greatest show. But I think it, in that time, I was very frustrated because I got bumped once, or I heard Robert Morton say something about we have to be different at eleven thirty, and mm-hmm. I was so angry, so I was focusing my anger there. So it seems like silly when I look back at it, but I think that's interesting, you know. Unless I wouldn't, I'm not saying I would. If I saw something really embarrassing about myself, I would try to. Then I would try to hide it, hire. Uh, private detectives and bury it <laughs> and well, leave the country. So you were saying that you had these on mini discs or you had recordings of them all these years and you were wondering whether to release it or not, right? Well, this one I think was actually from my managers. It was either the festival. I forget where what the source of it was. Mm-hmm. But then I had decided... I never decided to release them because that's my whole problem is uh, uh, moving forward. But... Uh, <laughs> Starting a few years ago, it got to be a very weird thing as social media took off and all these like secondary journalism things. Mm-hmm, like, right. There was on SoundCloud. Yeah. Well, but the SoundCloud was a, a solution to a problem that earlier was people started reporting on the speech having not seen it. Mm. So like the one, one line was, Kindler calls Corolla Hitler. Oh, yeah. Doesn't seem to be kidding. <laughs> and I, it was just like in, it was just like enraged. One time they thought that my, an interview about the speech was the speech. So then <laughs> I started to get so mad about that that I, that uh, I uh, when I first made that it's like a deal or whatever with SoundCloud. Like yeah, can we? Yeah, great, please. Mm-hmm. I just let go of that whole thing about it being a secret or uh, I I don't want it misreported on. Right. So now after every speech, it's released the same day for the last few years. But there's a 20 years where, we, where people haven't heard it. I'm not saying, I'm not threatening anybody now that I'm going to release the rest of the year. <laughs> Please, don't get worried. You will not be charged like a Time Life book. <laughs> but what made you guys decide to release this one now? Someone approached us. Okay. Yeah, a Comedy Dynamics, who I've been doing some stuff with. I think they approached uh, my manager, Bruce, mm-hmm. and asked, asked him. And I think Bruce was like, then we debated. Should we start with recent ones? And and then I said, let's, you know, then I think Bruce said or whatever, we, the first one was kind of noteworthy because the speech started, I gave a, uh, dem- I wrote an article, uh, I'm sorry I'm boring everybody, I think I'm boring everybody. No, you're but, not. Uh, but no, I, I know I'm, I'm, I know that I'm compelling, but I wrote an article <laughs> for National Lampoon about how to be a hack comic and then I did a demonstration about how to be a hack comic and then I started to do the speech about what, you know, Bruce Smith came up with the name State of the Industry and then it just, it wasn't planned to have gone on for 23 years it just did mm-hmm. do you already know what you're going to talk about this year i know some things what are some things uh well the fallon you know like you know i'm going to just brag about how i was ahead of the curve on fallon <laughs> you know because i had on that joke about him. him you know then then when he rubbed or tasseled trump's hair Uh-oh. it really uh, shows on. Also, uh, you can't see this, but I have a joke. The Jimmy Fallon right Universal. You have to be this easily amused <laughs> to go on the ride. <laughs> the parents love it though, because it's all safe, mainstream. And there's no risks <laughs> on the Jimmy Fallon ride. <laughs> Keep your hands inside the comedy. 
<laughs> I just came up with that. And that, I hope, will be on the voluminous notes. <laughs> Jeff, get to typing. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. Please. You seem unafraid to go after targets. And there's an account I follow on Instagram. And I have something negative to say about it. But I know that it might get back to them. And it's a company. It's a company that I happen to follow. And I think their product is somewhat shitty, but novel, but shitty. But like every time I see their photo, I have the same reaction of like, I want to say something about it, but I just don't because I just don't want to say something mean about this company. But who cares? It's a company. But you don't seem to have this compunction. Right. Now, the, now, now, the thing, thing is you're making a decision like, is the value of me saying this going to be worth the hazarai? Is that a word? It is. What does that mean? Uh, I, I always forget. It's like uh, <laughs> nonsense, I'm... all this nonsense. Oh. Chazerai, C-H-O-Z-Z-E-R-A-I, Yiddish. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you say, I, I could say this, but then I'm going to get, you know, do I want to read all these uh, feedback things? Mm-hmm. I... Oh, no, no, it's more, do I want, just do I want to out of nowhere go after someone who's just trying to like live their life, even That's though it's a true. company. Yeah. And I think for most people- that's a very wise decision. And for most people, including myself, when you get like over the top on Twitter, you always re- regret it. But um, I am actively doing this kind of material. Like right. one time I did a, jo- uh, a thing about the, I used to joke about the Wayans brothers in the old days. I said the Wayans it's, brothers. It's on the album. Well, there are some, oh, there's some Wayans yeah. material on the That's album. That's right, right, yeah. right. And, uh, as they're setting African Americans so far back, I'm thinking of starting up the Underground Railroad. <laughs> Be like me coming out with a show called Jewy. <laughs> Jewy. I want the price lower. Jewy. <laughs> Don't be so Jewy, Jewy. <laughs> and then when Marlon Rayan, Wayans was proposed for the lead in the Richard Pryor story or something, I made some. I don't, I'm not saying it's a great joke, but just your standard issue Richard Pryor spinning in his grave. remark (laughs) and he came back at me with like very graphic his thing may have been homophobic Uh (laughs) and then i just blocked him and it's like i got it's like oh okay did you respond or just no i just blocked him i was gonna come back to him with a very prior like Mm -hmm. response (laughs) yeah because it was like just not prior like right so uh because it was just like uh, suck he wanted me to suck his thing really yeah so I know now that those guys, I forgot that those guys hate me. They don't, they wouldn't do mad TV because I did that joke about them on mad TV. But like, it was better in the old days before Twitter mm-hmm. because I don't want confrontation. But so I make the decision because so much of my jokes revolve around making fun of something. Right. So I couldn't, I could, I, I would have to do it. But I, I still, a lot of times, like, you know, they always think punch up. Mm-hmm. Punch down or punch whatever the thing is, uh, kiss up, punch down. You know, I, I I've done jokes about people where I go, why am I going after this person? Right. So because I don't believe in that Bill Maher lie that a comic should never apologize and whatever a comic says is fine because that's just an excuse for him to be a jerk. Mm-hmm. I think it's t- totally fine that you question what you do. Not you, Allison. Me. But one. But me. Oh, you. Well, well me. Narcissistic. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know that I'm narcissistic because I'm so. In- self-involved <laughs> you need an outside perspective i might or might not be narcissistic i can't stop thinking about myself <laughs> i don't know why 
it turns me on the bedroom to think about myself. Good night, everybody. This is my <laughs> new, I have all-purpose punchlines, and I'm telling you, this is you could do this in your life. The kids at home can do it. Anything can be funny if you reference your that that's what happened on your wedding night. And I encourage you to use it. Like uh, an example, please. Well, like someone goes, uh, oh, boy, my uh, my back has been hurting. I haven't. I haven't felt I have that's exactly what I said on my wedding night. So now my back is hurting. So now people assume you had a lot of sex. Mm. It's on your wedding night. Right. Or no, no, no. I don't want that. <laughs> that's what I heard on my wedding night. <laughs> Sir <laughs> Well, they're all gonna be the same. I it's so it's so hard when I get to manufacture the fake mm-hmm. premise. But here, I'll come up with one. Okay. Um did you enjoy the soup? Did I enjoy the soup? Uh, what, it sounds like you were there on my wedding night. <laughs> that's that's what the most off-putting thing my wife said to me on my wedding night. Uh. So did you enjoy the soup? Now they think it's vaginal liquid <laughs> and everybody has a good day. See, <laughs> you see, what I'm trying to do is defuse the vulgarity <laughs> by saying vaginal liquid. But I don't think it does. I'm not so high and mighty. Oh, as opposed to the other term, which would use that word that you used when you came out to L.A. Yeah, or anything like that. I, I, when when men talk, like you know how the women talked on Sex in the City, sure, and they said that's how women talk. Mm-hmm. My my uh, my reaction was, oh, oh uh, cut it out. <laughs> Let's- Meanwhile, downtown. <laughs> Meanwhile, Miranda was at the corner of I'm going to come and I'm going to go. <laughs> Which girl were you? <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. And now I uh, I would say I'm very... Who's the redhead? Uh, Miranda? That was Miranda, yeah. I'm very much like her. You're a Miranda? Yeah. I'm secretly gay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was wrong. <laughs> she is gay. Yes. She wasn't secretly gay. But people couldn't be gay when back in my day. Mm-hmm. Could not be gay, and everybody who was gay, except for three or four brave people, concealed it. Just like I conceal any footage of my early act. You know, like Ellen DeGeneres, she couldn't say she was gay. And right. That's what I think is so great about comedy right now. As bad as the world is in terms of that, we have a raving lunatic madman who could incinerate us all. But it's not going to happen. It's because, not going to? No, because you have a beautiful baby and we must, he must be impeached soon, which he will be. Then you'll just have Mike Pence. It's, it's funny how that's like, oh, few. Oh, few. Just a guy who's also horrible, but not insane. Yeah, and I'm not sure that he's not insane also because he does that. He looks Less like, so. He looks like this. He feels more like the enemy you know. Right, but he would be, if there wasn't Trump, Right, he would be terrible. Yes, you'd be like a, you'd be you would be mocking him because he's mockable when he was governor of Indiana, and he was like, right, you didn't get the feeling you knew what he was doing. But I am afraid of all-out nuclear war. I am too, and I think with Pence, I would have less of a fear of that. Absolutely. But how realistic is Jeff? You can chime in too. You have a mic. How realistic is this fear that we're all going to be vaporized? There's a lot of discussion about what safeguards are in place can somebody actually say no if the president decides that he wants to launch nuclear weapons for some reason and there's 
I haven't heard a lot of discussion saying that there's really anybody that could stop him. Yeah. Somebody could That's... stop him if they decided to stop him. And that would be a decision that they would make in that moment. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to tell people. All I'm saying is if he says, oh, you know, can I drop a couple of things on North Korea? You either say like, I didn't get it or, oh, you know what I mean? Just you, <laughs> Oh, right. You mean the people who actually carry yeah. out. The you got to go, excuse me, what, what was that again? You just keep delaying. But the bad thing about that is what if we have to launch something on North Korea? Right. Like what if we, can North Korea reach us? Not yet. But that's what they keep saying. Right. Like, what, how, how, where's the clock on this one? Well, not fa- yet, but how soon? Uh, a couple of years. I don't it's even know. It's not comforting. It's not comforting. I'm fascinated by the fact that Kim Jong-un finds explosions so hilarious. Every time he's setting off those bombs, he turns to the people next to him and they're laughing hilariously. I know you don't want to laugh. You know why? You have a new baby. Mm-hmm. We have to not... There's no good that can come from living in fear. So I know. We have That's, to. We yeah, have to there's take, nothing I can do about it. We have but to take it's still action. Scary. And 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 I and I think that uh, when I saw your baby, and I'm not lying about this, I know the Messiah was coming, <laughs> but I did not know that I would be reborn. And I'm very. I feel weird that you put me through a baptism, that you had me bring frankincense and myrrh. And that, that you called your baby Jesus. You called your baby Jesus. You're not <laughs> fooling anybody. <laughs> Am I embarrassing you? No. Oh, no, okay. Because no. <laughs> I, because I can't, I can't tell. This is old Andy. Did I say so? Like you know, a a, a partner non churler, churler. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know who that is. Yeah. So she says like. Her joke is, did I, did I smile at that barista funny? That's exactly how I am. I'm always afraid that I've, I've gone too far. Mm, yes, I am too. Well, well, so you want your privacy as a, as, a, as a mama. No, no, I talk about him on the show. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's fine. All right, so why are you looking at me weird? <laughs> you, you know what, here's the thing. The truth is, you're probably exhausted, but because I have to have a computer brain of what I've done, I have to come up with a lot of... Uh, you're checking. You're checking my reaction. You could use it as a weapon against me. Uh, OCD head, back off a bit. No, I have that too, though. I I feel like some of it is just being human. I I hope everyone has this to some degree. Just that sense of like that exchange I had. Did I do anything wrong? Is anyone upset with me? Did I do anything weird? Is something weird? Am I weird? That's right. gotta be just being human, right? Yes, you know you have OCD if it's out of control, right? If so, it's- like if you think about. Like one of the reasons why I have trouble uh, in life is because because I think if I was rude or something, it's the end of the world. Right. You know, so then I have to defend my behavior. Whereas if you're more healthy, maybe you would think. Of, I mean, it's not it's natural to think if you've hurt someone's feelings, but mm-hmm. it's not natural to then go to home, consumed, build an it. altar, start <laughs> uh, a survivalist movement based on it. Uh, hey, and, look, I'm thinking of moving just because it's a silverfish. Well, let me tell you something. If you guys want to get going on one of these vacuum sealers, <laughs> let's, I'm fascinated with the vacuum sealers. What do they do? Like, let's say you open up some pretzels. You get the vacuum sealer, you seal it back up. That, pretzels, that pretzel is ready to eat in 45 years. <laughs> I've seen those, actually. Yeah. yeah. Then you can like just store it under your bed with your clothes you don't, you don't wear. You don't have, need refrigeration. You don't need pleasure. <laughs> Let's uh, take aforementioned questions on Twitter. 
Singers, that's you, right? No, that is Tom Rapp. He does all the music for the show. Let me play it again because I'd like to throw a harmony in there. Oh, whoa. When we ask the singers, they're wondering. So thanks so much for answering these questions. One more time. Let me lay down one more track. Oh, no, no, sorry. That was bad. I would like to do it in the right key. I'd like to do it in the right key. Not off key. Okay, let's say. And go. Quack, quack. Come on, you bang, you bang. My dog barked at you. That's how good it was. I love you, doggy. Thank your you. doggy has what well, looks like cocker spaniel on your doggy. She's a spaniel. I had a cocker spaniel when I was a kid. What was her name? Timothy. Timothy. Yeah. It was probably a boy. Yes, it was. I don't know why I said what was her name. Because you're a sexist. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly that's why. You're you're um, a feminist. These feminists all yeah, with this feminism now every dog has to be a woman. <laughs> thanks. No thanks. Feminazis. <laughs> okay, Stephen Johnson says, what are your memories from playing the sports geek on the short-lived sports show on FX in 1994? Well, FX had this sports show, and it's with this guy, Jim Rome, who I never liked at all, and I actually actively disliked him. Uh, and, and anybody who remembers L.A. in the 90s, he taunted the uh, quarterback of the Rams uh, like like dared him and then the, uh, who pushed him over a chair. So anyway, but it's a famous story. But anyway, he's like kind of an unpleasant guy who's a, a, a very, very like, you know, grab a vine, get in the jungle, you know, like that type of thing. <laughs> so, uh, and he has a sports show, but then he became the host of a sports show and he wasn't like, you know, he, he, he probably thinks it was my fault the show got canceled, but he wasn't good at being a sports reporter. That's not his shtick. Jim Rome. Rome is burning. And I played a, a geek, uh, the geek. It was like kind of like a Max Headroom. I didn't write the part. I didn't write the words. But it was like a disembodied head that would float around. And I would say things, I think the, Car- the Carolina Panthers will win by two. <laughs> oh, I'm a very, oh, Jacob Marley. <laughs> And so I thought it was this—it was the cheesiest thing I've ever done. And my manager on the East Coast, for some reason, loved it or loved to say he loved it. But then Jim Rome talked about me later on, like uh, how horrible I, you know, how horrible that character was, and that, you know, it's like you could, like, yeah, believe me, that wasn't what stopped people <laughs> from watching you. <laughs> they want the person delivering the sports scores to be likable. Thank you. Okay, Jacob M. says, can you ask him what the meaning of life is? Well, that sounds like something my brother says. And my brother says it when he's trying to stall and throw you off. He doesn't really want to know what the meaning of life is. My brother is like a reverse uh, Zen cone guy. You know, like, what is the sound of one hand clapping? Mm-hmm. 
my brother asked you a question that does not have an interesting answer to throw you off. The meaning of life is, uh, I would say, is to find uh, what you love to do and to try and do it and be in the moment with it. And I sound like I, I sound like a weak Tony Robbins, but it is kind of like a, I feel very lucky Like I'm a comedian and I found that that's what I love to do. So I felt like I went, I went with my heart. And I'm just saying that just to say, sorry, losers. <laughs> I went with my heart. I followed my bliss. <laughs> what have you done? I want to turn my positive spiritual experience into a negative for the others. Mm. Yeah. Don't try it at home. I was actually just thinking recently. I was thinking that all motivational, self-empowering, self-help, all of that stuff can actually serve to... I mean, I think there's so much good that can come from reading all that stuff, and I can definitely get into reading it. At the same time, it can also make you feel like shit if your life's not where you want it to be. Well, because it's a miss... and it's a, it, They are actually using old... Like, the secret was the worst of, right. of it. It's like, they're using... Eastern principles, but they're they're uh, they're like uh, misinterpreting them, right? Uh, to get to get yeah. shit. There's no way in the world that anybody believes that every single thing you believe will come true. Right. The point is, is like when you see great athletes and they're in the moment and they're in that zone, you can get in that zone, but then everybody else is also putting their energy out into the universe. I think right. your energy can be powerful, but these people are just trying to sell books yeah. and stuff. Yeah, you know what it is? I think I saw, I didn't watch the video, but someone that I follow on Twitter, who in general I like a lot, I think made a YouTube video saying essentially like the difference between those who earn four million a year and make forty thousand a year is just like a choice you make. And I kind of felt like, well fuck you. Yes. There's plenty of hardworking people who aren't making four million and it's to to say it's just a choice suggests that if you aren't, you just haven't chosen to be, you know, financially successful. And it's like I feel like that actually is insulting to a lot of people. Well also you're picking something like that's a, a rel- you're picking something that doesn't even exist, which is that uh, you're. It's not even real. Like I'm going to make a certain amount of money, right? Right. So, and that and that's where I'm placing my value in. Mm-hmm. And there's so many factors in there anyway. And look, Trump makes a lot of money. He's an idiot. You know, if he does make money, who knows what he, he makes? Right. That's, that's questionable as well. But I think the thing is that when they say uh, there's a very dangerous thing. To, it's like here's the way you can defeat anything that's like you create your own reality, mm-hmm. which is uh, again a misinterpretation of a of a deeper Eastern thing. It's like if you create your own reality, it's like saying how do you then stop and you go? Oh, the Jews wanted to be uh, a victim right. of the Holocaust. So it's 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 not it's it's a misunderstanding or a distortion of a complex thing that could apply in some cases, but you're using it. The people go, you want to know the secret? Give me 1995, and uh, that's pretty cheap. I was in group therapy briefly, and I hope I'm not violating. Well, no one. This is hope I'm not violating anything by talking about an issue that had come up that was someone else's in group therapy. But it was a long time ago. It was across the country, and uh, no one will know who I'm talking about. There was a guy in the group who had um, a disease. That affected. I'm not, see, that's how much I'm trying to not say, not reveal. I'm not going to say which what disease it was, but it affected how he moved and his muscles and his ability to speak clearly and stuff like that. And 
his belief was he had like it's because his energy was bad and he wasn't harnessing energy properly and that's why he had this disease and it broke my heart hearing about it because it's like essentially he was blaming himself for it like if he could just get in the right mental space was his belief he would be free of this disease when it's like no this is a hundred percent biological it's probably genetic even Mm. Um, I don't know. So I feel like that can be the limit and the reverse of this self-empowerment way yeah, of thinking. I think it's, is that um, sometimes it's sometimes it's it's beyond your control. Well, maybe the only thing I'll say is if it you know if any and on a certain level I do feel like if someone finds something that works, yeah, it's like I, I always get so upset when people you know when sport when people get upset that sports people refer to God they go oh how come you didn't refer to God when uh, you lose? Well, actually they do say. <laughs> Win or lose, yeah. thank God. You know, but the point is, is that there are certain things like you know when you see someone like uh, Magic Johnson, and you hear him talk or you saw him play, you would see that he his belief in himself sometimes propelled him forward, and 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 I that's why I, what I say I have, uh, I have pity <laughs> is like if you're locked in your head all the time, there's certain things you just art. Music, mm-hmm. painting, dancing, you can't, they're not f- riddles that you figure out. Right. You know, they go beyond speech. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I do think there are all sorts of ineffable things. Right. That, that, so it would be legitimate, yeah. but if you get it to like, you're blaming yourself. Right. Uh, maybe that works for that one person though, but I, it wouldn't work for me. It seemed to <laughs> just make him upset. I mean, my feeling was if, it's. I guess it's a way of maintaining control, thinking that like he brought this on himself. Then there's the idea that he can be free of this thing. But I don't. Right. I don't know. The whole thing made me sad. And on that sad note, let's do just smear everyone. But first, I just want to say, hey, you guys, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, perhaps the new Andy Kindler's new album is that on Amazon? I, bet I think it is. it is on. Yeah, it's on all of those things. It's a digital download. I think it's like two dollars or something. Come oh on. my god, you, you can't afford uh, not to. At that. As I've always said, at that price, you can afford not to like it. <laughs> That's right. Click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Thank you for the Amazon support. Also, I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash alisonrosen. There's all sorts of different reward levels. You can get bonus episodes every month. You can get access to an interactive video stream. It's a level where you get merchandise in the mail. It's super fun. A lot of interaction with me. I know that's what you arrive for. Patreon.com slash alisonrosen. Okay. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay, so this is where people write in with things they think or they or do, and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? JMOs for Aros says, when stuck in a conversation and getting antsy, I look for someone else's watch so I don't seem rude or impatient <laughs> looking down at mine. That is so smart. That's a, that's a great one. I want to look at the clock all the time in life. And it's not because I'm trying to get out of the situation. It's more just like, oh, how much time has passed? What's going, you know? I always say, when, what day is daylight savings time again? That's what I do. Because <laughs> they know something's wrong, but they just know, they don't know what. Right, right. Okay, Maddie Porter says, seems rude to have coffee right before a morning dentist appointment, or do they even care? Yeah, that's ridiculous. You go to the dentist with a clean mouth, or and that's I, when I have to have a later appointment at the dentist, mm-hmm. it requires several days of planning. W- what has to happen? Fanny pack. 
with floss, mm-hmm. toothbrush, and uh, whatever else you use for your teeth. Right. Toothpaste. Water pick. Yeah. Headgear. That's the worst when you bring a water pick to like the bathroom next to your dentist. I've never really uh, gotten a lot of use out of a water pick. I had one when I was a kid. Mostly just because I thought it looked fun. Wasn't that fun? There, I think that will probably go down in history as being completely useless. I think that for people with braces, maybe. Maybe I had braces and I didn't. Uh, well, same. Yes, you could spray water into an area and loosen the food. Big deal. <laughs> water picks so high and mighty. Yeah. Yeah. You just spray water. You're just a tiny hose. No, once they had floss, all those other things were. Sorry, water pick. <laughs> Pearl. There's a new f- floss in town. It's called floss. I don't know what that's called. Pearl says, feel like I missed the official announcement switching from movie previews to trailers. I'm 40. When did this happen? Yeah, I don't know when they started being called trailers. Oh, I thought that the person was accusing you of doing something. No. Like she's- you moved from... What did they oh, used to be? Movie movie previews. Well, because what is she, 90? I don't know. She's 40. That. Well, what she do you said it. Do you also say it too? Do you feel that way too? No, she, no. Um, <laughs> I don't want to make fun of this person, but I always feel like it's either me or the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. So for you, it's not just me or everyone. It's just me or you. I don't remember calling them picture reviews. Movie previews. Oh, movie previews. You mean like when you would go to the movies? Yeah. When did we start calling them trailers as opposed to movie previews? Oh, I wonder. Well, I, wait, they still call them previews, though. Sometimes they? they do. But I bet the word, you, you know, in the old days, you had to go into a trailer. To see a trailer? To see a preview of a movie. And that's why they called them trailers. I wish I could be like one of those straight dope people, but it's all lies. <laughs> You're like a Snapple real fat come to life. But Who? false. You know, on Snapple cans, they have those oh. Snapple real facts. And are they always fake? No, I don't think so. But oh. I'm, I'm saying you're like one of those, but yeah. phony. Becky Milliner says, <laughs> <laughs> The sound of two pieces of styrofoam being rubbed together makes me feel like my teeth are going to fall out. Oh, she didn't write of my head, but I felt like that was where that sentence was going. Well, you know, I read Todd Barry's new book, which was hilarious. I want to read that, and I also want to get him on the show, but he lives in New York, that bastard. Yeah, he would be great on the show. Um, if you want someone to complain for four hours. <laughs> this book... I'm curious how his Tom's deodorant was. Todd Barry complains more than anybody in the world and is funnier than anybody in the world at complaining. And he must have gotten a book deal by saying, hey... I want a longer format to complain about everything. <laughs> I mean, he covers it all. Uh, the drains that don't drain in the hotels, the, <laughs> the, the, the motel room where if you looked outside, you could see how you could get into the room. <laughs> he, he always changes his room. He almost always changes his room. But he has, the reason why I'm bringing it up is his book is hilarious. He has miss. I never heard this, Misophonia. Oh, yeah. Misophonia. Misophonia. Or maybe it's misophonia. misophonia. I pronounce it like miso soup. Um, yeah, that's where you get super irritated by repetitive or just maybe not repetitive, but noises bother you too much. Yeah, and the, there's like one one thing can trigger it. So like with Todd, it's like people smacking, the, like he can't eat. They eat in the green room with right. him. It drives him crazy. 
Huh. So I thought maybe that's what the so that was Two a long way around. Two pieces of styrofoam yeah. together. I appreciate I appreciate how invested you are in the segment, though. Well, Breaking stories. Well, you know that was the that was the follow up album to Beck's Two Turntables and a Microphone was two pieces of styrofoam rubbing together. Do you think that was worth me going that whole trip for that joke? No. Okay. <laughs> no, maybe. I don't know. I liked it. See, this is my contention. When they say yes and, mm-hmm. it's funnier that you that you didn't that you said no. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, let's think. Ha- okay, let's do it again. Uh, Give me. Do you a think chance. that was worth? Do you think that was worth me going all that distance for that joke? Yes. That still works. But it was more fun. It's the a first joke time. about someone who can't make up there. It's a joke about someone who would think about whether they'd laugh. <laughs> Okay. Sarah says, no, we already did that one. Brian Ruiz says, I often wonder what lost or stranded people do to trim their nails when I hear about extended survival situations. I think you have to just bite them off or like rub them against a a rock or sand. Or maybe you have crazy nails. I don't know. Uh, You just experienced uh, what happens to me all day long as I completely spaced out. What does the person do? He wonders... When people who are lost or stranded, he wonders, how do they trim their nails? Oh. Would you wonder that? No. You mean like- I haven't wondered, but I mean, now I do. I would worry first about starving to death or or dying. Right. But then the nails. Oh, then I would- I think you watch a lot of Gilligan's Island (laughs) and you figure out how they uh, gerrymandered all that stuff. Their nails were awfully neat on Gilligan's Island. Other than that, it is believable. Other than that. <laughs> Other than that, it could be a documentary. And I, one of my first jokes, I'm not saying it was a good one, I was like, you know, like Gilligan, boy, he had to go through all those things. He had to live on the other side of the island, and he didn't get residuals. Yeah. <laughs> had to do all those wacky stunts. Had to put an animal under his hat. You got no residuals? <laughs> Not right. <laughs> and people loved it, my early jokes. Really? And yet you won't release that material? What do you mean my stuff about the bicentennial? So funny. <laughs> hey, what's up with this bicentennial? My Y2K, I think I had some of the best Y2K. I had a Y2K, why not 2K bit <laughs> that uh, <laughs> killed until 11.59 on 1999. What if you just tried to bring it back? Tonight we're going to do Y2K jokes like it's 1999. <laughs> I miss Prince every day. Thank you. Okay. Now, did I sing too much of that song? I don't want anybody, uh, I don't want BMI. I don't uh, think BMI listens. Up my ass cap. <laughs> okay, and lastly, Angela P. says, and this is speaking of timely stuff, have difficulty listening to podcast episodes recorded prior to the USA election. Hashtag impending doom. Well, look, I don't know that she's pointing a finger at me. However, I did bank some episodes before I had Elliot, and a few of them aired after I had him, but were recorded before the election, and that probably sounded weird to people. When was your baby born? February 3rd. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. There were a couple stragglers that had, it's a 
it's a long story why i can't remember oh you know i think i aired some current ones before i got to the to finishing i think you made the, a couple of your babies with stragglers <clears throat> yep I, I banked a couple babies are you saying you had three babies but you l- let had, two of them go because they were stragglers that is what i'm saying this kind of comedy is hilarious people love misunderstanding yeah. women missing children bits <laughs> right <laughs> in general i find it is crowd-pleasing fair so anyway, <laughs> uh, do you agree that it would be difficult to listen to a podcast that you know was recorded before the election? I understand what the person is saying in the same way that like if you're watching a movie and it's about something happened in the past and they're approaching 9-11, mm. you just, your mind is like, in, uh, the rest of my life I'm always going to be like, remember what that feeling was before and after 9-11. Right, and so, right. So I, I, I do get what it's like but it's depends on the podcast too right like yeah if it's like a science friday <laughs> science friday is my favorite of the science friday podcast um <laughs> now that you say that it's making me realize that she's probably not talking about me and it probably is just more in general the sort of like naive hopefulness that one could hear before do you November have o- ocd I don't not. I, don't, I mean, it has not been diagnosed, but I'm certainly compulsive about a number of things. Do you worry about what other people think of you? Oh, yeah. But not overly worried. Like you wouldn't. You, you, What's weird is after I had the baby, I found that I was suddenly very insecure about a lot of exchanges that I'd had. And I don't know if it's because I was so I didn't have enough sleep or I just felt like I'm I'm in this new role in my life and I don't know what it is. But like a lot of just text exchanges with other moms or I... Is that I would, postpartum thing? I don't know what it was, but I would like want to send six follow-up texts clarifying my first text just to make sure they understood that I didn't mean anything potentially rude. Oh my God, did that sound rude the way I said that? Like kind of insane. I used to be that way 24-7. And then you, you got on Prozac and now and it's all better. It's all better. But no. Is there uh, but, any downside? Because I actually just recently was thinking, well, because I couldn't, I've never been on an antidepressant, but I've certainly, it's certainly been recommended to me by people who love me and live with me. <laughs> <laughs> but not, but a therapist has never recommended it. But like I said, people in my home have wondered if I would not benefit from it. Throughout pregnancy, of course, I'm like, this would be the wrong time to try it. But now, now I'm like, maybe I should. I don't know. Well, for me, I went and I just, you know, like, I don't think every therapist is great. I, I just happened to be fine, like, like a great therapist. And then I went to a doctor, mm-hmm. like a psychiatrist, and have them evaluate me to see what they should try. And in my case, since it runs in my family. Depression? Uh, uh, or OCD? No, no, OCD. Runs in my family, so it's like it kind of made sense. I think it's definitely something. Um, everyone, sh- if you're if you're asking the question, and or if some or a loved one <laughs> is, uh, is begging is you it, to please, <laughs> I think it's definitely something to explore. And I'm not advertising people should do drugs, but I think I was the other way with it. Mm-hmm. It's like people who don't who kids have a you know they did a long study and they said no kids really weren't over prescribed. Adderall. Oh, that's interesting because I've but, always believed that yeah, they were. So did I. That yeah. and that even stopped me from getting help for ADD, right? Because I thought, oh it's yeah, that's what I heard that about that. It's just a, a gimmick or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's really not true. So I would think 
it really depends on if the stuff that you have, like the stuff that I'm OCD about, it helps me to think of it as an illness. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, my therapist says, this goes way back. I don't know why that happened. This goes way back uh, to the cave, to the cave people days. Right. Like uh, uh, getting into Twitter fights. Well, the fight. Oh, flight or freeze. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing in my head all the time served a useful purpose at one point in our evolution where that's what you had to do. So it's just like a, it's like, it's like, I think we've made a tremendous stride in, in drugs, but also I've done comedy for 30 years. So I wasn't, I don't know if I tried it back when I was starting comedy, I probably would have been nervous about it. Right. But I feel the other way I went too long without without getting help. Yeah, I mean, are are there any downsides? Yes, there are downsides because a lot of times, no, not for my, uh, right now, dry mouth is one, I think is the only thing. Oh, that's pretty minor. That's pretty minor. Um, but one of the problems if you are somebody who's thinking about it is you may not, the first thing you try might not work. Right. You know, but I would like to see you in six months. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that it's, it's something to explore, though. And one, one thing you can keep in mind was like one of my problems was I had to keep telling myself, oh, I can make my own decisions. You can make your own decisions uh, about what you want to do. Right. And I'm, I'm more like, oh, they're going to make me take Thorazine. Or <laughs> <laughs> right. They're going to put you in a straight jacket right when yeah. you arrive. Yeah. I know I have that, too. This, like, fear of going to a new doctor for something or other. And it's like, well, just... Just go hear them out. You know, you don't have to do anything. Well, like, for example, I, um, you know what? This is not interesting. Do I, but now I've already started to say, yeah, it. say it. Do I? Okay. So, um, I take thyroid medication and my, um, I recently had my thyroid checked and it looks like I'm a ty- being a tight, ty- they want to adjust something. And my, um, my OB is the one who, I had it checked at her office and she said to me, do you have an endocrinologist? And she's like, here's what my recommendation would be. And I thought maybe instead of having my OB manage this, I, and I only was put onto it when I was um, trying to get pregnant. So it's all related to the pregnancy. However, I am a little bit hypothyroid. So now it's, it's being treated, but I thought I probably should just go to an endocrinologist. What if when I go though, they want to do like a million tests and what if it's a whole thing? Well, all of those uh, concerns that you have, uh, are real concerns because I've heard like it's uh, you know a lot of things like I'm going to an endocrinologist. I oh. haven't seen. Them is yet. it a whole thing? It, well, <laughs> no, no, I haven't seen. I haven't made the appointment yet. But it's the first time I've ever gone. But they, but sometimes endocrinologists, you know, you might not necessarily trust where they're coming from. The right. other thing is, I mean, it's a whole other kettle of worms. But uh, bioidentical, like people take Synthroid. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. You might say, "Oh, it's a it's a gimmick, bioidentical hormones." But they have found, uh, you know, and I'm, I don't go by my reporting on this, but uh, <laughs> they have found in Europe that they've been using bioidentical hormones for thirty years, and that it do, for some reason it does act differently than synthetic hormones. Now, a lot of times people will tell you, "No, it's the same thing." Right. I don't think they always know why it doesn't. It, it's like when when they found. Uh, psilocybin in mushrooms it was the active ingredient they could take it out and even like you know give people psilocybin separately mm-hmm. but 
something about taking the whole mushroom. I'm not saying you should take the mushroom, but I mean, it's like, a, it's like years later, they might figure out a, a simple reason why the synthetic version didn't work. Right. So that, that's what I, so like, so that's why it's hard. So like my wife and I took us years to find a good regular internist. Mm. You know, it's very hard because and the doctors, uh, a lot of them, they think that they uh, can be very bad with women. Mm-hmm. They can be their know-it-alls. So you, your concern's right, but uh, what, we, what you have to do, I think, I don't know why I'm the answer man, but you have to find, <laughs> uh, get a good recommendation. Right, Yeah, right. Like I got a good recommendation for a psychopharmacologist, psychiatrist or whatever. From your good therapist? Yeah, the one therapist was like, she does therapy good, but she doesn't prescribe stuff. right. I so badly after this want to ask you who the therapist is, but you've already made it clear you're not letting the you're not letting the name out. Oh, oh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, that uh, I I'm not going to tell you on the air. Oh, but off air you will. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, this has been very helpful for me personally, <laughs> listeners. I hope it's also been helpful for you, Andy Kindler. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I want to thank the studio audience who I uh, didn't see. They're tiny and they're invisible. And um, it's actually it's the silverfish. It's him clapping. I like that callback. See, that's thank you. It's it's not a callback. That's OCD. (laughs) I have a real issue with insects. I think that's normal. But are you like arachnophobia? Um. I don't know. I I had ants in the kitchen and then I found them in another place in the house and I, I that like sent me into a tailspin. I had ants in my pants. That's the fear. How come you guys didn't join me in some kind of uh, rhythmic dancing? <laughs> I got ants in my pants, just the ladies now. I got, I, I don't know how it goes. I don't know how it goes. Okay. I was going to just, I didn't know if I was supposed to come up with a new rhyme or. This is why we don't do a lot of this kind of sketch work. Okay. <laughs> We should workshop it more. I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were thanking the studio audience. No, I think I was out of material about an hour ago. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But you didn't, you didn't stop me, so I keep going. Right. Uh, and I'm fascinating, just to hear me go. Yeah, just it's like jazz. To, it's how his mind works. It's like jazz. <laughs> My okay. riffing is like jazz. Tell them uh, where to find you and plug anything you'd like to plug. Well, uh, that state of the industry thing, you can find that. I'm also, I do these weird things. There's a thing I do uh, called Coming to the Stage on on uh, Hulu, I think, where I interview, where I bring up new comics and I, and uh, I, who describes it worse than me? I bring up new <laughs> comics and, the, and, and then uh, I host the show and then there's new comics and that's fun. And then uh, I think if you put my, the, the, the main thing to watch me is on Twitter because it's, it's, if you want to feel better about yourself, schadenfreude, and you see all the mistakes I make, that it's like kind of a, it's an interactive. Mm, and you're at Andy Kindler. At Andy Kindler. Jeff, where can we find you? I'm on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen and follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F and on Facebook at The Allison Rosen. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about The Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. 